The United Nations top court on Friday ordered Israel to take steps to prevent death and injury of Palestinians in the war in Gaza, but stopped short of ordering a unilateral ceasefire. South Africa brought the complaint, accusing Israel of genocidal intent in its military campaign against Hamas, which was launched in response to the terror group's October 7th massacre in South Israel. In a 15-2 ruling, the International Court of Justice at The Hague did not throw out the case, as Israel had requested, and ordered six provisional measures to protect Palestinians in Gaza. The court ordered Israel, among other things, to meet the humanitarian needs of the Palestinians and to punish incitement against the Palestinians. Israel was also instructed to submit a report to the court within a month on the steps it has taken to uphold the ruling. Our reporter Nomi Segel asked Dr. Hilly Mudrik Evenchen, chair of the Ariel University Center for Research and Study on Genocide, for her take on the ruling. Let's start with your take on how the court ruled on this issue. So I think that the court's ruling was somewhat uh, legally flawed if you follow the logic of the court itself that mentioned that it could have jurisdiction over the case only if the Genocide Convention uh, actually applies. And in order to apply the, uh, the articles of the Genocide Convention and to rule accordingly, you have to be um, not, not very much convinced, but at least to have uh, plausibility for a, uh, a specific, a special intent to commit genocide. And I don't think that the court... Um, prove that there is plausibility for societal intent on the part of Israel, I think that you can even see it from the the wording of the court itself that mentioned uh, some statements that it referred to as um, dehumanizing statements of uh, senior uh, Israeli officials, but it not very strictly linked those statements to a genocidal intent. Um, not to mention that the court completely disregarded the efforts that Israel is uh, making in distinguishing between civilians and combatants in, or uh, civilians and fighters in Gaza and with the provision of humanitarian aid that is completely denying any possibility for genocidal intent. Now, each side it seems, claimed victory from this ruling in one way or another. Israel, on the one hand, there was much discussion that there was no provisional order saying that Israel must immediately halt its military campaign, perhaps some kind of recognition that Israel does have a right to self-defense. Could you perhaps walk us through a little bit about, from the perspective of the different parties, how they see the decision? Yes, uh, this is very much correct, Uh, it may even send a message that the court is not uh, very much convinced of the uh, of the need to stop the whole um, uh, military campaign, and that is it is not even convinced that the genocidal intent is even plausible. I mean, it kind of sends um, a double message. Um, so, of course, Israel could claim that the fact that it was not ordered to halt the military campaign shows that the court did uh, express some support of, it, of the legitimacy of this campaign. On the other hand, I think the, the um, South Africa and everyone who is supporting South Africa could also argue that there was um, some kind of 
of damage that was made to Israel, that was caused to Israel in the public opinion, because the court has stated that there is that that it is plausible to assume that um, that Israel um, has genocidal intent or that the acts that it com- that it commits during the war can be described as acts of of genocide. And so I think that in that sense, at least in the public image, uh, there has um, some there has been some damage caused to Israel. What would you make of those who have said that given the countries represented on the tribunal, that there was already an inherent bias, perhaps, against Israel in this case? Well, these are the judges that are in the court, so you cannot replace them. Uh, Nevertheless, I think there was quite a surprise that we did not expect the judge, uh, Judge Sabutinde from Uganda, to be so supportive of Israel, and she wrote a very interesting dissenting opinion in which she uh, objected to all of the decisions that the court has made. She didn't support none of the. She supported none of the of the measures that the court ordered, and she and she and she said very strictly that there was no proof for uh, a genocidal intent, and therefore the genocide convention is not applicable and therefore no measures can be ordered accordingly because the measures must be ordered according to to the genocide convention otherwise there is no basis for this dispute actually to be dealt with in the court and israel had its own ad hoc judge on the panel as well the retired supreme court president aaron barak and he was also interesting in his uh in his opinions in this case Yes, he wrote a separate opinion, not a dissenting opinion, because he didn't agree with the decision of the court, but he still supported two measures, the order to prevent incitement to genocide and the order to provide uh, more humanitarian aid. Uh, He also wrote a a personal note um, describing his personal uh, his personal experience as a Holocaust survivor and talking about the importance of the establishment of the independent state of Israel as a response to the Holocaust. And he also stated that actually the framework of all this decision should be humanitarian law, international humanitarian law, and not the Genocide Convention because there, there, there can be no proof for any genocidal intent. However, the court, this court, could never, could never um, be involved in any dispute that which is framed in the framework of uh, international humanitarian law, because it is only about this convention. It is only for this convention that these two states are parties to and can bring a dispute to this court. Among the orders was for Israel to submit a report within a month on how it is upholding the measures that were instructed, the operational provisions. So what do you anticipate? Will Israel, as it cooperated with the hearing in the court, that it will present this report, this update? I think there should be no problem for Israel to do that because Israel is not involved in any uh, violation of 
of the of the genocide convention and therefore it would be quite easy for Israel to submit a report saying that it does comply with all of the articles that of the convention that the court actually ordered it to comply with and uh, of course it is also supplying humanitarian aid to Gaza and it is uh, definitely preventing or tries to prevent any incitement to genocide if there is on any uh, if if anyone in Israel is trying to um, to incite to genocide and how do you foresee this case rolling out will this case continue to roll out onto the broader principled question brought by South Africa well, this is hard to foresee because uh, at any time, South Africa can actually withdraw from its lawsuit here and uh, there could be states that will be involved. We just know that actually Germany has submitted a statement supporting is- Israel and maybe other states will join. So it's hard to foresee right now how this case will unfold. You had noted earlier that this case is more about a case of public opinion rather than perhaps the legal questions that were raised that were the premise for submitting the complaint, but it's more about a trial in the court of public opinion. Yes, it is. And and with, and with regard to this point, Israel will have to work very hard to explain its case. Um, I think that actually what the uh, the Israeli uh, litigators did when the hearing uh, was heard then um, I think they did a great job and actually perhaps if this uh, if this case continues maybe Israel will have uh, even a better uh, floor to uh, you know to present its case and try to convince anyone who is interested in um, its in the legitimacy of its act. 